You're listening to a Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast, where teens host the program and welcome peer guests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of learning. I'm Amonti. I am a rising senior, and I go to Highlands High School, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Xander. I'm a rising senior, and I live in Oakmont. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with two youth guests about how students should be supported through their education today and in the future. To start, let's meet our guests. I'm Khalil. I'm 17. I'm an upcoming senior, and I live in Atrona Heights, PA. My name is Molly. I'm also a rising senior and I live in the South Side. So today we'll be talking about our educators, teachers, counselors, after school program providers, the adults involved in the education of youth, your expectations for them and the best way they can support you. But first, is there a teacher or adult that stands out to you as having had a big impact on your learning journey so far? What do you remember most about them? Well, specifically, there's Mr. Newell, he's really had like one of the most impacts on my life. I look at him, it keeps a drive in me, honestly. Molly? Yeah, I had a fourth grade literacy teacher who really fostered a love for writing in me. She just helped me after class critiquing my work and reading it and giving me like special assistance. She also helped me with my application to Kappa for writing. I had an English teacher for my junior year when I was going through some tough things with my life. He stepped in, you know, if you need this time to, like, work on yourself, you can push back these assignments a little bit and worry about that in the future time whenever you're ready. I had a a teacher in 10th grade who would keep a blanket in her drawer for me to let me nap in her classroom during lunch because she knew I was just exhausted from some things going on at home. That's amazing. Yeah. What about some people that aren't teachers but are involved in your school or extracurricular community? How are they impactful? For sure, my brothers. They're literally my main support. How about you, Molly? Yeah, mainly just family. I mean, my school's so small, we don't really have anyone other than teachers. I definitely do it for my mom. My mom's had, like, a huge impact in my life. And just, like, she pushes me to be as good as I can be in any aspect. I would say my mom, too. She was a single parent for a while, so me just making her proud really is something that's big for me. So what expectations do students have for educators? I feel like some educators don't take their job as serious as they should. Like, they're not there to teach. They're just there to be there. To make money. Yeah, Yeah, they're there for a check. They're not there for the better of the students. I do feel like I'd kind of disagree because I don't know if anyone's really becoming a teacher for the money. <laughs> yeah. Outright, you know? But well, I, I, It depends on your school, too. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I do feel like a lot of teachers get tired over time and they just decline in, like, their will. But I think also a lot of the problem is, like, the rules that the district places on them because I have a lot of teachers who want to do something different, but, but they, they can't. can't go off script, Yeah. It comes to trying to a certain extent with your students, too. You have to be able to put in full effort. But there's, like, certain teachers that, like, really care. Like the teacher I said in my 11th grade, he really cared, and he took steps up, and he did that for every single student that worked hard and tried their best. That's how it should be. If there's a student that doesn't do their work and a student that shows no effort, if they need that time, they should work ahead of that 
like they should be reaching out to them and try to discover the problem that's very deep rooted in the behavior. My school is so small that we only have three teachers and the teachers wow. that I are totally focused on us and making sure that we're okay first. But because it's a new school that is doing that so differently than like most schools are where they're really focused on us, the other aspect of learning is less important, which is an interesting dynamic, but it, it's also hard because I'm not someone who brings that part of me into school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of just there to learn, but if I'm struggling and need that extra help, I want it. But when there's so much room for the extra help, it gets hard to balance and keep learning like I'm there to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes students also have to be willing to accept the help. Sometimes students yeah. are always in right. denial to Most not definitely. Get the help from the teachers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big problem with our generation is that we don't feel comfortable reaching out to help. Yeah. We and, want to be independent. Yeah. Right. And another thing is it's like a teacher will teach you something and then drop it. They're like, okay, you should have been paying attention in class if you need help. And yeah, it's like I maybe I was and you could have been going through something too. Like something could have just happened. Honestly, we're all 17. So, you know, like your boyfriend could have just broke up with you or something like that. And you're not in the right mindset in school. <coughs> so I think teachers need to understand that we are our age and we have other things going on besides school. So if we really need that extra help, just appreciate that we're reaching out and asking you. I know, in, at least in my school, a lot of kids don't really trust that guidance counselor. People like reach out to the school nurse whenever like they need that extra help. They have the nurse to go to. If they need the break from school and being so focused on it, they can just go into the nurse's office and chill there and talk to her about the problems. And that nurse is so amazing. <laughs> she mm-hmm. like takes that extra step just to make sure the students are really doing okay. And a shout out to the people that work with the school that are like that, because you even have coaches that are really there for you and your teachers are really stepping back a lot. So Coaches are a huge aspect, especially with me being a, an athlete. There's like certain teachers who are able to like reach out for students and be there for them. And they're kind of there for everyone, those certain teachers, which is obviously like very incredible. But at the same time, it's like, why isn't every teacher being there for some amount of students instead of having one teacher, like that one coach that everyone relies on, that one nurse that everyone goes to? Another thing is favorites. Like teachers, (laughs) I knew that was going to be a touchy spot. So Mm. teachers have favorites and the kids that aren't necessarily the favorite or kids that are really struggling, they won't get any attention on things that they need help with. Like I have a certain teacher that like picks favorites on athletes. And even though it's in like my favor, it's still like completely unfair to other people. Cause like they're so, he's like, oh, I won't put in the grades until the deadline Mm. happens. You don't understand how much that happens at our school. Yeah. Like, but some teachers, some teachers don't even care about the athletes. Oh my gosh. But like, it's not even like, like we're not doing the work. We are doing the work and are still taking time. Like, I had a teacher once take two weeks to put my grade in and I was ineligible for the next game. Each week you have eligibility. You can't have two Fs mm-hmm. that Friday at a certain time before the school day's out. And say you're really struggling with this subject. And I know for math, I was really struggling with math last year, being online and over the computer. And my teacher, she stayed home. 
and she wasn't coming back to school. And when I tried to switch my class to another math class, I couldn't get that because, you know, the schedule was already made. So that was hard. And I remember having some difficulty with my sport because of math class. I've seen like other students and other athletes be in that ineligible spot. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it also could be. Like he shouldn't be putting off putting in grade just so athletes can be eligible for their sport. I feel like they should just do like right, right when they're supposed to do it on a consistent schedule and not go like, oh, I'm going to let it slide for this athlete because he's one of the best on the court or one of the best on the field. There are some kids in my school that get very special treatment and it's like their project will be past due and say they have other work from other classes and need to catch up. With the eligibility thing, the teachers will let them slide and give them 100% on things just so that they can do their sport. And that is another thing that's very unacceptable in schools. I feel like regular students should get that privilege too, you know what I mean? Like, if I wasn't an athlete, then I would feel some type of way about that. I say I miss a project. He did too. The teacher exempts him and I don't get exempt. Then SOL for me. And yeah. It's almost the same thing in college that I've noticed just from touring schools where they talk about like, oh, here's our athletes training area. And then here are special tutors they can go to. And like, I know that when you're a college athlete, obviously that is very hard. Now do college, like regular college kids get the same so I same think, privilege to tutors. I think they do, but I think that what I noticed is that people who are part of a sports team, they have their own Most tutors. Definitely. They have their own, like, because they have to maintain, like, a certain GPA or whatever to play or however that works. I don't know. But it feels like they have all these different things specific to them, like like their own tutors. And it's like, why do you get your own tutors and your own help when everyone else has to share X amount? Not that that isn't enough, but it's just, like, a little, like, weird. Lopsided. Yeah, and then yeah. they can get one-to-one time with their specialized tutors and mm-hmm. say you're in a group of students and you're, like, uncomfortable and you don't want to talk about what's happening. And, like, if you have that one-on-one time with your tutor, you could be like, hey, this stuff is going on. Like, you mm-hmm. can you understand, like, where I'm coming from, like, why I'm struggling in this class, and then move on from there. And then you and that tutor will have a special connection. I mean, I definitely do not think that I'm a favorite by any of my teachers. It's the same thing. Like, I don't get extra time. I don't get help. You kind of get forgotten about if you're not either, like, a problem or accelerating. So if you're not, like, a bad kid getting kicked out or if you're not the top of the class, you're kind of just, like, forgotten about as if, like, you don't need something from them. Or even if, like, there's a disconnect between you and your teachers, like, I personally don't really connect with any of my teachers, so I don't feel comfortable opening up to them. And it's kind of, like, seen as if that's my fault. That's the sad part, because, like, if a student and a teacher have a good connection, like, it could help with that class or your situation. So what do you hope that educators would do more of? Have you guys ever been, like, taught something through a conversation where they're just saying something, then your class is like firing back questions and they keep going and you guys are just talking about it because I retain so much more than just sitting there and them like reading a script. Mm -hmm. So like conversations about it and like 
being able to connect it to something else and building off of something is so much like easier for me to understand. Mm-hmm. I agree. I wish they would reach out more. If you look like you're upset in class, they reach out and they're like, yo, like, how are you doing? Like, be honest with me. If you feel some certain way about whatever's going on outside of school, you can be like, I feel like that's respectful enough that you can say, I don't really want to tell you about it. That's too personal. Yeah. But there's still something going mm-hmm. on and I'm struggling. Like, I need you to understand. Yeah. Like, there are some students that have behavioral issues and they'll be in class really, I wouldn't say acting up, but really distracting everyone else from learning, which is not really fair. But also the teachers will just kick them out and have them exempt from class and they'll be like, you can't come in here ever again. So then they're stuck in the office with this work that they don't know how to do and the teacher doesn't want to deal with them. Then they might have to reach out to a private tutor and then get some help like that. But I definitely agree with Sander on teachers reaching out more and trying to understand what's going on. Teachers need to listen to us more about how we learn and what we want to learn. Because I I think now people who have gotten out of college are starting to be like, yeah, you don't really use that high school class. You don't use this math and all of that. So I think that like they could listen to us more about what we want to learn to make it more interesting and everything. What would you like teachers to do less of? I don't mean to sound like like an elementary student or nothing, but like homework is pointless. Like for example, say you get homework and you don't have no help at home, like you're stuck. And then the next day you're in class, you don't break down what you had to do for homework. Y'all just go over it. Yeah, I feel like teachers definitely rush through that. Uh, sometimes they don't even go over the homework, and you're like, well, I don't like if I was confused on this, I don't take yeah. the homework either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that teachers should make homework for you to want to learn yourself, for you to take home and practice on your own instead of grading it. Like if you're going over homework assignments like you're supposed to and the students are just like completely off. That just brings you back to the why are you doing it this way? Exactly. Teachers should not call students out as much as they do. I've had teachers that are like, quote unquote, not to call anyone out and then directly call someone out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I knew the answer, I'd raise my hand. You don't need to call on me. If you call on someone when your hand is down, that's the worst feeling. When your hand's down, you're like, oh, I don't know the answer. Like, Like, what am I And then they make you feel stupid. What are the most important traits for an effective teacher to have? I think caring is a huge one. Personable. Yeah, being personable. Connecting with students treating us like we're actual human beings and not just some people that they go to work to see. Us being high school students, I think that teachers should be more on our level. They should not talk down to us, but talk to us. Yes. They should talk with us. They should try to bring us up with them. That's why they're called a teacher. Educator. Yes. What's one thing parents and teachers can do to make tomorrow a more promising place? for every student learner. Like personally, I think what we need most in the world right now is conversation. Hold a conversation that's not just one person talking, like a conversation where you say something, they say something, blah, blah, blah. And then you learn something and you grow from it and you teach something. Like in every conversation, you should be learning something and you should be teaching something. I mean, not to say that that would solve the world's problems, but I think we have a lot brighter of a future 
if we were taught that way, if teachers talked to us like we were worthy of having a conversation, if we could teach them something. In my school, at least, we have a personal finance class, and I feel like that is a huge step for every school that needs to be a thing. Mm -hmm. We need to learn how to write checks. We need to learn how to do taxes. We need to learn how that stuff works. Learn money in general. Yes, and I think if your school doesn't have that, and I think that's a huge thing that they should, your parents need to step up at our age, at that 16, 17, even 15 level. And that's when you can get a job. You got to learn how to write checks. You got to learn how to do your tax. You got to learn how to deposit a check. You got to open a bank account. Like that stuff needs to be taught from someone at a younger age than it is. Because there's people that I know that are in their 20s and still don't understand how the heck checking works. Or still don't have a job. Or still don't have a job or still don't deposit checks. Some parents don't know how to communicate with their children. They'll either take it as disrespect or back talk or they just won't listen and it'll turn Ooh, into an argument that disrespect part. like yeah like just trying to express you yourself. can you can try to express yourself but they're gonna think you're angry or something yep. and they can't adjust to it they're not used to it because like sometimes they be, can be old-fashioned or whatnot in that case or parents who are absent or who just don't know anything about personal finance i feel like it should be the job of the people that we are having educate our kids to do that. This Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast is a collaboration of Remake Learning, Knowledge Works, and SLB Radio Productions. Opinions solely reflect those of the individual speaking. For more details, visit remakelearning.org. <laughs>